0: Catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw
1: Thank you so much for joining us here today at Radio Taiwan International. I'm Andrew Ryan coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan. Coming up this hour, we'll have for you hashtag Taiwan. Leslie Liao will be diving into a Twitter account for Taiwan birds. So like... Actual tweeting. <laughs> also, we'll have a few status update with John and Shirley. That's our way of interacting with you, the listener. But first up today, a selection of topics in here in Taiwan. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, June 16th, and you're listening to Here in Taiwan on Radio Taiwan International. Uh, In the studio today, we have Leslie Lau. What's happening? Nada mucho. And uh, also me, Andrew Ryan. Uh, And in today's show, we're going to be talking about international travel without any international travel involved uh, what, what, what am I talking about? Uh, it's an airport offering a going abroad experience. Uh, we'll tell you all about that. Also, we'll be telling you about some actual plans for international travel. Yeah? Uh, Vietnam? Maybe? Uh, but Indonesia, no? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, also, Leslie and I both went um, and did our civic duty, and that is to participate in some rallies or observe rallies or protests in Taipei. There were four, oh, maybe even five of them over the weekend. There were five of them. We'll tell you about the ones that we saw and the ones that we didn't see. Uh, Also, we have a porky topic and a topic about manhole covers. All that and more. We're going to try to squeeze it all in (laughs) in today's here in Taiwan. Don't go away. How long has it been since you traveled overseas? I feel like we've asked this question before. It's
2: been a year, actually. Tangibly, it's been over a year. Wow. Because this was before I came into RTI. And That's you'll know right. I came to RTI just a little bit over a month, a year ago.
1: So it was like a, a, a May of 2019? Yes. Okay. My last trip abroad would have been like September of 2019. So. You've got me beat it's but for both of us it's I mean it's coming up on a year for me as well.
2: My plan was beyond to be on the east coast of uh, the United States this time of year.
1: Oh man, I was but, supposed to be on the east coast of the United States in like August. Not oh, going to happen.
2: Yeah. Not going
1: to happen, but you know, for those of you who are missing international travel, if you're listening in in Taiwan, we may have another opportunity for you, uh, or is it gone already? No,
2: it's it's still there. <laughs> it's just very creative, um,
1: and maybe it won't help you see your relatives on the east coast of the United States. I think. It won't, but, no.
2: but it'll at least give me that experience, right? Because uh, one of Taiwan's smaller international airports is Songsan Taipei International Airport, which is right next to RTI,
1: and that actually used to be the main international airport in Taiwan. Is that right? Yeah, before they built Taoyuan in like the seventies or something. Oh wow, that. You used to be like where all people coming to Taiwan would come into. The more you know. The more you know.
2: Anyway, I'm not talking about how the government is, you know, trying to push domestic travel because they have been trying to do that. I'm talking about they're going to give you a go abroad experience without going abroad. So 90 people will be invited to go to Taipei's Songshan Airport so they can pretend to go abroad. And this, this sounds absolutely insane, but it's, it was a story on CNN. So what it entails is that people will take a tour of the airport and they will relive the experience of going through immigration. I love that term relive. Like it's a dead art. It's like Latin. <laughs> it's like a dead language. They can go through immigration. They'll board a plane. And then they'll disembark, disembark and go home. Wait, so it's like all the worst parts of international travel. I didn't even think about a bike like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, to me, the worst parts of international travel is having a window seat when you need to go to the bathroom and the two people next to you are like dead asleep.
1: I should mention that Leslie is also, how tall are you? Over six feet tall.
2: Um, six feet exactly.
1: Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> other parts of, maybe if they really wanted to make it a real experience, they could also like take your suitcase and, like, throw it around yeah. a bit. Yeah, lose it.
2: Lose it, <laughs> even though it never went anywhere.
1: Open it up and pull everything out of it, so like, as you come back into the country. They're going to do
2: one of those random security searches on you.
1: <laughs> yeah, make you take your shoes off. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, You know, I, th- I think it's interesting. I think it's a- especially uh, maybe for kids who've never had the opportunity to go overseas before. Uh-huh. If this is something you're doing pretty regularly, maybe not the funnest of things. Yeah. Uh, what what are some things you would add to that experience to make it oh. even more fun and more kind of like, like, do they do duty-free? Are you allowed to buy duty-free?
2: I don't think so. No, I, they I, don't say anything about duty, duty-free. I heard
1: that you can buy duty-free, but you can't buy alcohol. So you can only buy like non-alcohol, Well, that, which is to me is like the joy of duty-free. <laughs> they don't
2: say anything about duty-free in this story that I'm looking at right here. But I would add a few things to that list, Andrew. Mm-hmm. One would be uh finding a seat with, you know, a power outlet near it, finding a power ooh, outlet at all, ooh. Um, paying seven American dollars for a bottle of water. But ooh. you don't get that much in the States. They should give it to you for Taiwan. free.
1: I mean, we're going for the best of international travel. That's right. I actually quite enjoy a nice airplane meal. I'm not embarrassed to say that. Well, I, I know they're bland, but you know. <laughs> If they wanna serve me a nice like airplane meal on the plane while I'm there, I I would do that.
2: Airpl- airline food is, is all right. Yeah. You know, uh some rubbery eggs. I think f- it makes me feel, you know, very nostalgic. It's not even the the airline's problem, it's because at that high altitude your taste buds go haywire, right?
1: So that's what it is. You like you're serving international food at ground level so it actually tastes good. You're gonna be
2: like, Oh my goodness, is this what it actually tastes like usually? <laughs>
1: this is the best of international travel ever. <laughs> I think they should also offer an experience where you, like, you get on the plane, and then they, like, they transport you, like, they, like, they drive across the runway, you get off the oh. plane, and, like, they've got, like, a little, like, outdoor swimming pool set up, like a little kiddie pool, and, like, some palm trees, and some cocktails.
2: That would be nice. You pretend
1: like you're on a little desert island, right? Like
2: Club Tropicana by George Michael and Wham. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you're not dating yourself at all there. No. Um, yes. Kind of like that. You play some tropical music um and then maybe like massage uh and then skip the trip home that's the worst part right oh, yeah so you like once you get there then you they let you out the back door
2: <laughs> calling your friend like i just got off i'm waiting for luggage <laughs> things like that
1: and your luggage is already there because yeah. like it's the good version of international travel what
2: would you even pack on that trip i
1: don't know they should pack it for you with duty-free alcohol <laughs> just everything <laughs> i would pay for that experience <laughs> Um, So let's talk about some serious international travel. Some people are actually talking about the possibility of including Taiwan in a bubble. Uh,
2: Actually, two countries. uh, One country has added it for Mm -hmm. sure, which is Vietnam, which means that because Vietnam and Taiwan have managed the coronavirus outbreak very well. Mm -hmm. So uh, there might be a reciprocal agreement to launch flights um, between the two countries. That's right? great. There's no there's no time frame. It's just that it's coming out with a list. And many countries are doing that right now, especially, mm. I think, Japan. Yeah. But I don't think Taiwan is on a list in Japan just yet.
1: Well, I don't know. See, Taiwan's really done a great job of containing it. I'm not sure that Taiwan would want to be on that list yet. Yeah. You know, because they're still seeing cases in Tokyo, uh, and they saw some, I think South Korea, they saw some cases. Yes. Uh, China, even Beijing. We had a story in our um, news yesterday. That's right. Which you may have listened to slightly before this program.
2: I did that one, so I hope they did listen to it. <laughs> oh, I
1: hope so, too. Uh, so, yeah. Mm. I guess it's like a question like, whose list do we want to be on, and who do we want on our list?
2: Yeah. And it, then the, oh, the next country that mm. they have is Thailand. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I would do that. So, Thailand has had no domestic transmissions for seventeen days. I think uh for uh, actually more than that at, at this point. And um they're, they're looking to open up to travel. And I think this is also, you know, last time we talked about the, the Tasmanian bubble, right? Mm. New Zealand, Australia, and then Palau also wants it on in this action. So we have this little pocket in the Pacific right now in I Southeast like Asia. That
1: pocket in the pacific (laughs) you should trademark that that Uh, i would definitely use that name for this bubble
2: when this goes out someone's gonna already trademark that before i do man
1: oh make a quick phone call during (laughs) this next little piece of twinkly music and maybe you can get it first what do you think let's try did you get it (laughs) <laughs> no, just I'm still on hold. Oh man. Okay, well, good luck with that. So, we want to move on from international travel now to some rallies that took place in Taipei this past weekend. We didn't talk about it in our show yesterday, but we're going to tell you about it today
2: because we were both there. Yes.
1: Uh now, five rallies
2: that we're thinking of? Um so let me see. There was the the one that you went to was Black Lives Matter. I went to the Hong Kong rally. There was a demonstration for uh, Han
1: so that's the uh the former gaosheng mayor who got recalled yeah there yeah. was an indian the small one i heard for him
2: yeah uh there was like an indian rally and then there was there, i feel like there might have been a fifth one
1: i think there's another one uh i think there's another one let me think oh man I uh, no, I'm not, it's not. I'll gonna take you at face value if it's, you say there's five, there's five. Well, we'll think about it through the the remainder of this section. But the Indian one. Let's start off with that one. That one's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah.
2: So what happened was actually this is this is kind of I want to say this is kind of adorable <laughs> because about 150 members of the Indian community they held a motorcycle and car rally on Saturday uh, to thank Taiwan for providing such a safe environment for all of these Indian expats who live here. And uh, they started in uh, new Taipei City's Shiding District, which is off to the I want to say east of Taipei. Okay. And then there was a motorcade of like fifty cars and motorcycles, and they went all the way to like Elan and back to uh, Taipei's Shifun. And if you if you are familiar with like Taiwan's traffic or Taipei's traffic, those are not the places you want to go on a Saturday, man. Mm. Especially with a motorcade.
1: Although I think if the message, you know, the the goal is to get the message out, and, you know, let a lot of people see that Indians and Taiwan are very thankful for all the work that Taiwan's done on COVID nineteen. Those are the hot hotspots, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. but it's also like kind of traffic jam time.
2: It's very traffic jam time, especially with all the we had some blankets of weather over here, right? Uh, mm. Over the weekend we had a lot of rain, but uh, they still pushed on. They went a total of one hundred and twenty kilometers. in a weekend think about that gas money and then they all all the participants wore matching t-shirts that said taiwan can help that's sweet and they also displayed uh flags so this is just one of the a small gesture from a community in taiwan that's very i appreciate them doing this as well
1: that's very nice that is very very nice very lovely um so why don't we move on from that one Um, I only got like kind of scattered reports about the Hangoryu rally, Mm. uh, which took place, I think, out um, on near the foreign ministry on Kadagalan Boulevard. It was
2: planned to be right outside the presidential office. Okay,
1: I see. Um, So I think that there were only really just a smattering of people that came out for that one. These are, of course, supporters of Hangoryu who got recalled. Um, Probably a bit of a somber mood at that rally, maybe Mm. a little bit of anger there, some sadness. Um, Let's move on to probably the next biggest one. I think the Black Lives Matter one was probably the next biggest one. Go for it. Uh, So I saw when I was there about 800 to 1,000 people. It was much bigger than I expected. And I will say, hands down, this is the most diverse event I've ever been to in Taiwan in more than 20 years. Really? Yeah, it was very moving to be there because... Um, it was a lot of, I'd say largely foreigners, mm-hmm. um, but definitely like maybe about a third were Taiwanese okay. um, and then uh, maybe just under a third black. But I think in Taiwan, that's a, that's a, a really significant number of people. I didn't realize how many um, black people there were in Taiwan, be it African-Americans, Africans, uh, people from the Caribbean. Um, there are people from Haiti there. Uh, just people from all over the greater African diaspora uh, were in, you know, kind of in representation there. Um, and really just a, a a really moving experience to watch it. They did two things in particular that stuck out in my mind. One was um, there was a gentleman by the name of Patrick um, who got up on stage. He's from about 10 kilometers, 10 miles from where... Um, the incident in Ferguson in St. Louis. Oh, wow. Uh, Michael Brown, where he was killed. Mm-hmm. And so he spoke from the heart about that. And he he also spoke about Colin Kaepernick, who, you know, of course, takes a knee. Yeah. Um, and he said, if you believe in this uh, and you uh, would like to join me, I'd like to ask everybody to now please take take a knee uh, in, you know, in, in remembrance of the people who've died and to recognize that Black Lives Matter. So the whole crowd uh, got down on one knee and it was a, It's a very moving show of support, um, you know, for, uh, Taiwan's black community, Mm -hmm. uh, and for, of course, for black people in the United States who've been, um, facing, you know, some incredible, um, just oppression and just really tragic, um, things that have been happening, um, the other thing is they did a moment of silence, but it wasn't just a moment. It was eight minutes and 46 seconds. Very poignant. Yeah. Which is the amount of time that the uh, police officer was kneeling on George Floyd's neck, mm. um, which resulted in his death. Um, and as we were there, the thing that kept going through my mind is that is such a long period of time. I just turned to my friend. And I was like, I can't believe how long eight minutes is. Yeah. When you think about what this was representing, um, but probably the most, I think the most striking moment was at the very beginning. They invited some indigenous people um, to come up on stage, indigenous Taiwanese, to speak about their experiences and have them start off um, the whole event. And I thought that was a really nice gesture, a recognition that they are the original people in Taiwan, uh, a people who, not unlike uh, black Americans, have also face discrimination in Taiwan on their own land. Yes. Um, So it was nice to see that, and nice to see that they were kind of trying to connect with a larger um, community of people facing similar issues so that Black Lives Matter isn't necessarily an American thing. Mm -hmm. It's actually something that people around the world can kind of get behind and support. Yeah. Uh, Now, at the same time, or slightly after the Black Lives Matter rally, there was the uh, event at Chiang Kai-shek Memorial. Yes.
2: And actually, now that we're saying this all out loud, this is all happening in like a two kilometer radius. all, th- all these three events, at least the Black Lives Matter, the Han rally, and uh, the Hong Kong uh, Solidarity rally, which was really interesting, actually. I gotta say. Um, it was touching for me in a different regard in that these are th- these are just two communities that are that feel oppression from the CCP and they've actually come together in solidarity and recognition of that uh point uh, that common p- point that common ideal and uh it was just you could feel the energy you know all the taiwanese there were supporting hong kong and all the all the hong kongers there were were uh supporting taiwanese and there was just uh these stands that were really cool and like hong kong student associations were there as well as uh, a number of the Tewunsun Foundation was actually there, which is really, really cool. And, of course, Winsun is the professor who died under suspicious circumstances during Taiwan's martial law period. Um, and,
1: and is actually now, you know, with the newly released documents from the, you know, the white terror period in Taiwan, yeah. recently they've come out now and said that it's likely that he was um, killed uh, while he was in custody yeah uh so yeah so all kind of kind of connected there huh
2: yeah and um this was really cool event uh a lot of speakers uh there was a couple of malaysian guys who were imprisoned on green island for 10 years and they were oddly optimistic they're just like yeah 10 years is could have been worse i was like you guys are half glass full kinds of dudes you know (laughs) i don't even know how you could just say something like that.
1: Was that during martial law?
2: When I, was that? I believe that was during martial law. Mm-hmm. And then they also had a number of speakers come in, like uh, prominent Hong Kong writers, and, and uh, I think uh, Lem Wing Gay was also there. The, the uh, book, book bookstore books guy store from Cosmic Books. Yeah. yeah. And then every political party, uh, major political party at least, they had a representative there. And there was like a lenin flag where they had like a flag draping over the crowd, and mm. then they had them light them up with the flashlights up from underneath. Wow, Another thing that I found very peculiar was that there was a lot of there was a huge police presence there mm. massive massive police presence. I saw oh uh, four or five hundred police officers and there were there were at least. Like, there were buses of them, right? There were ones on duty, and then there's ones just sitting on the buses. So I was just like, I was wondering. But then, again, you got me thinking. You got clashing ideals right there on, on Katagalan Boulevard, right? Yeah. And then from Hong Kong, so.
1: Yeah, that's right. They kind of were in opposition to each other. Yeah. Um Not entirely, but, like, yeah. Definitely some differing uh, opinions there. So how many people do you think were at the Chiang Kai-shek Memorial?
2: I would say around 700. It was just in that that little plaza area. Mm-hmm. Actually, you could probably tell people were kind of tuckered out from everything that was going on because I actually saw a few Black Lives Matter signs mm-hmm. at the Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall and I was like, oh, wow, someone's been busy. It was
1: a full day. Full day. Full day for full, a lot full, of people. Full full yeah. Well, it's nice to see that people really care about a lot of issues, especially issues that don't necessarily have uh, an immediate and direct uh, connection to Taiwan. Mm. Obviously, I think the the Hong Kong Protests probably are, have a little bit more of a uh, obvious and direct connection to Taiwan because, you know, China has said they want to use the one country, two systems method that's used in Hong Kong to rule over Taiwan. Yeah. Um, I think that Black Lives Matter maybe uh, has more of an uphill battle to find kind of resonance in Taiwan. Mm. But I think that uh, the weekend was definitely a good start. Yeah. So, uh, if you're interested, uh, we will be talking a little bit about um, the Black Lives Matter um, rally that took place over the weekend. We'll be interviewing some people, showing you some footage from that in this week's Taiwan Insider. So, I encourage you to check that out. Yes. Visit RTI on the web
3: at english.rti.org.tw.
1: we're gonna move on to a porky topic All right. uh and i mean pork as in like like pig meat um i thought i would spell that out <laughs> i don't want anybody to get angry and think i'm talking about something else
2: uh so <laughs> um tell us about pork andrew let me start this off by tell, asking you a question you've been in town for 20 years what do you think of tony's pork
1: Oh man, Uh, I love it. Like I I have to say, this is terrible because I think in my heart of hearts, I'm probably a vegetarian, Mm. (laughs) but I'm a sucker for bacon. Um, And I do think that uh, what's interesting is that I think it tastes different. It really does, Taiwanese pork tastes a little bit different from pork that you have in other countries. Um, But you would say that about, you know, beef as well, definitely tastes very different in Taiwan than it does in other countries. Mm -hmm. You know, U.S. beef, Australian beef, Taiwanese beef, all totally different yeah. and suited for different types of food. And I think that maybe this is where you're going, because I think that, like, Taiwanese food, we're used to eating with Taiwanese pork, yeah. right?
2: So what happened is World Organization for Animal Health, we're, Taiwan is just waiting on, uh, well, actually, I think we got the uh, the okay to sell fresh pork products, because it used to be that we had foot and mouth disease, mm. And this was this happened way back in, like, 1997, and ever since then, the government has been doing its best to try and eradicate the disease uh, from the domestic animal farms just to, you know, just to be able to, marketability reasons, make sure people can get it. And you want to be able to sell it
1: overseas. That's you want right. to be able to export it, but if you're listed as a country that still has, you know, uh, hoof and mouth. Yeah. Is it hoof and mouth? It's, or is it foot e- and mouth? Either or, either or. Okay. Yeah.
2: My friend in uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, he actually deals with a lot of the agricultural deals uh, between Taiwan and America. And he says, you know, he hopes that he can actually sell Taiwanese pork to the U.S. Because what's big in the U.S. is the Taiwanese uh, food chain, Ding Tai okay. And they're known for their pork buns and their soup dumplings. And that's all pork, right? And like you said, sometimes you just got to get it from where it comes from. Yes, and to have the authentic says, taste, that's right? That's right. And he says if this actually goes through and that we actually get the certification for foot and mouth disease free, that's going to make it a lot easier for us to do so. Oh. And then people in the States can actually get a bao made with Tony's pork.
1: Oh wow, Getting the th- that's actual a big thing, deal. Man. The real deal. Yeah. I heard that I mean this is unrelated, but I heard that a Tai following the original in the US, the mm. very first branch, was closing down.
2: Uh I'm not sure if it's closing down, but I think it's it, it might be suspending operations.
1: Oh, suspending operations! Yeah, yeah. I thought it was closing down. Well, we'll look into that and tell you more. Yeah, and we are actually running out of time today, but we do want to tell you to check out the manhole cover exhibition, which is coming up very quickly. It's
2: uh, it actually started yesterday, and it's a four-day exhibition at Taipei City Hall. It features uh, specially colored manhole designs for each of for four of Taipei's more historical and culturally diverse districts And i only say this because my home district is not represented <laughs> and i think there's a lot to say about daan district
1: oh it's okay <laughs> i live in new taipei so nothing like this is happening uh, there you go well thank you so much for joining us for here in taiwan i'm andrew ryan i'm leslie liao stay tuned there's more coming your way on rti
2: Hello and welcome to Hashtag Taiwan, I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Every week on Hashtag Taiwan, we like to talk about what's trending on social media in Taiwan. This week, I want to talk to you about Yang Ningshan National Park in Northern Taiwan. Now, for those of you that don't know or haven't watched the latest episode of Taiwan Insider, Yangmingshan National Park has actually been named the very first urban quiet park in the world. Urban, meaning that it's located in a city area, and quiet, meaning that you can still get away from the hustle and bustle and the noise. You can go up there and you can listen to the sounds of insects. You can listen to the sounds of frogs, birds, what have you. It's just a nice space for people to keep calm. Now, despite its name, Yangmingshan or Yangming Mountain, it's not one mountain, it's actually at least five or six different peaks put together. It spans a huge area smack in the middle of the Taipei area and there are a lot of active volcanoes and old buildings up there. But like we said before, there's huge amounts of biodiversity. There's a couple of endemic plants and there's lakes up there. But this week, I wanna talk to you about birds. Now, how do birds relate to social media? Well, there's a very, very cool and interesting Twitter account that's dedicated to documenting birds in Taiwan. But it only—it doesn't just talk about birds in Taiwan. It actually also talks about political topics and it likes to inspire people. How does it do so? Well, all you have to do is stick around and listen. Coming up next on Hashtag Taiwan. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, in honor of Yangmingshan National Park in Taipei being designated as the world's first urban quiet park, I want to talk to you about ornithology. Now for those of you who don't speak science, I of course mean, burbs. According to National Park Authorities, Yangmingshan is home to about 138 species of birds. So if you ever find yourself up there, make sure to keep your eyes open to see how many of our feathered friends you can find. Now, people can make social media accounts for any number of reasons. It's particularly useful for people who want to share collections of very specific things that interest them. Former consulting producer of Taiwan Insider, Emily Wu, actually has an entire Instagram account dedicated to sharing manhole cover designs. Now that's not my thing, but if you think you'd like that, you can have that one for free. Back to the topic of birds. This Twitter account is called Taiwan Birds, and at first glance you might think it's a Twitter account dedicated to bird watching in Taiwan, and if that's what you thought, well, you're not wrong at all. But while Richard, the person who runs the account, does focus on birds, he doesn't just show you the birds, he actually makes them relatable. As Andrew Ryan once told me, you wouldn't think much more of birds beyond, they're up in the sky. But I dare you to take a look at this picture and tell me you haven't felt the exact same thing this bird is feeling On any given Monday where you had to wake up at 6.30 in the morning when you full well know you went to sleep after 2am. This is memeing on an entirely different level. Richard uses pictures of his birds to motivate, commentate, and educate. How does he motivate? He shares a picture of a bird fighting off a snake of course. How does he commentate? He shares his opinion on current events and slaps on a related picture of a bird at the end. How does he educate? He tells people to wear masks and shows you a picture of a black-faced spoonbill, which looks like it's already wearing a mask. But every picture that Richard shares is absolutely stunning. It really makes you appreciate Taiwan's biodiversity. Taiwan is home to over 600 species of birds, 29 of which can only be found in the country. It's nice to know that someone out there is not only appreciating them, but also sharing them in a way that resonates with everybody else. I think Richard describes his own account the best with this tweet. The country for good news, Taiwan, and a couple of birds. Do check out Taiwan Birds on Twitter. It's a great way to appreciate Taiwan and brush up on your ornithology with the featherless ape Richard F. Now remember, if there's any topic you think that you'd like me to cover for Hashtag Taiwan, I'm always open to taking suggestions, so be sure to send us an email at english at rti.org.tw, or you can go ahead and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash taiwaninsider or facebook.com slash International. Send us a message and do say hi because I am the one who receives all of them. I do love to hear your feedback and I would love to know who's listening. Until next week, you guys, stay stay safe stay healthy and see you around
1: this is status update
3: Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lynn. I'm John Vintriest. Yes, it's that program where we read your letters to us. Uh, letters that uh, you report on what programs you heard and what you think about them. So we always like to know that and giving us details about, you know, the programs that you heard, etc, uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But before we do that, though, we're going to update our own personal status a little bit. All right. Um, I've been feeling anxious. Ooh. It's like, again I <laughs> did think I have a habit of being anxious or something You're in good company here <laughs> But what are you anxious about? Oh, well, you know, actually... Um, it's nothing new. It's just that we're having my in-laws and my parents over for dinner again. Mm-hmm. And um, they're always excited when they know that, um, you know, one of my daughters got married last year. And when my son-in-law can be there at the dinner too, they're even extra excited. Oh, well, yeah. that's, that's a good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign because, you know, um, we don't get to go with my daughter and, you know, my son-in-law that much. Um, my daughter's got a you know heavy work schedule, right. and she's a nurse, and so it's kind of hard to get to go with them. So when they do, it's like, oh, let's take it's a special you know, occasion. Yeah, they take you know take hold of the opportunity because it's rare. Um, but then uh, I'm anxious because I know I got to clean the house, and um, it means when my in-laws come, you know that's the thing. I was thinking about like you know like I was talking to my husband. I said. You know, can we change the menu on them? <laughs> what do you because, mean change the menu? Does there a set menu? Yes. My my parents, my in-laws love our menu every time, and they're not tired of it. It's that whenever we do have a family gathering, um, they like to have steak. They like to have lamb chops. They like to have salad. Wow. And, and that's um, not very
0: good. Aren't? You told me last <laughs> week you guys were going vegetarian. <gasps>
3: I, yes, we're semi-vegetarian. We're still trying that to... That sounds like some big,
0: major backtracking there. I know,
3: but you know, when your in-laws want meat, they want okay. me. Uh, I told you that I saw this documentary film about this. Right. And so that got me thinking about going vegetarian, more so than my husband, actually. He's still trying. But the thing is, and I was hoping to show this documentary to my in-laws and my parents. Well, after they've eaten steak and lamb chops. Yeah, well, so. you know, and I was talking about it, about doing that with um, my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. That's, me you know, my husband's sister. And she was going, you know, she was like, um, she's over in Switzerland. And she was like, you know, it's going to be hard to convince, um, you know, her dad, my mm. father-in-law, to go meatless. Because, yeah, he's always been on steak for like mm. ages. And oh. and I was going, like, oh, I so, was like, kind of disappointed. Is that why you wanted to change the traditional menu? part of the reason, and I think that I want to convince them that it's, it's still healthy eating, going vegetarian, mm-hmm. okay? You don't have to always go meat. The thing is that then I realized that, okay, so it's probably not going to be a good idea showing the, the the film, because my father was probably going to, at the end of it, I says, no, sorry, I'm still going to eat meat, you <laughs> know, uh, red meat at that. And, and then the fact that, you know, he has bad eyesight, and he's hard in hearing, so it's probably... <laughs> Pointless showing the film. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. Um the, the other reason why I felt like I want to change the menu on my in-laws, and my parents is because we just recently got an air fryer. Oh, that's And fun. it's awesome. I'm a fan. I oh I had no idea. You know, I was against my husband getting it. He got it anyway. And then we started like, you know, frying well, sort of air frying chicken. And it's yummy. And then um, we air fried like some vegetables, and that's yummy too. And I used the air fryer to make brownies, and that was awesome. You can do that? Yes. I've never, I guess you could. You know, as long as you get an extra tray for the brownie and cakes and stuff. So a vegetarian air fried dinner. Yeah, and chicken. I mean, you know, chicken is, Compromise. Yeah, compromise, right? And it was like, oh, but,
0: but. Is, is the dinner, is the food itself the main reason you're anxious though?
3: Or is it yes. other things? Um, cleaning the house and preparing the food. Okay, there's the thing the dinner is actually in celebration of my husband's birthday that's coming up. Mm. And then, um, my in-laws 60th wedding anniversary oh wow and then my son's graduation
0: oh you have to be on point that that's three different (laughs) celebrations in one i can understand the pressure must be building uh
3: anyway just when i'm thinking about taking my life more you know like easily and free flowing and all that kind of stuff and now with this i don't know i'm just easily anxious kind of brainwashing myself don't be anxious it's no big deal don't be anxious it's no big deal so Anyway, I'll let you know how it turns out, but okay. um, well, it, it, should be, it should be fine. I mean, there's just... your own
0: family, so it's probably not.
3: Yeah, so that's It true. could be worse. And and actually, I was thinking, talking to my husband, I said, we're going to take this opportunity to tell them that, hey, we've got an air fryer and we're going to change the menu next time. So kind of prepare them ahead of time. Yes. That's prob- <laughs> well, yeah, it probably is a good idea not to surprise them if right? they have certain expectations. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, I remember going without a soup and they love soup you know, at the dinner. Oh, so anyway, dear. I didn't finish my menu. I said steak, lamb chop, salad, risotto, and soup. Okay, and you know and that's how it is with elderly people. You have to keep the same thing because they like the same thing. Mm. They don't like change. And so anyway, one time I didn't have the soup, and my dad was going, like, "Oh, I like soup." I was like, "Okay, I, I can't, I can't skip out that one." And then,
0: wow, how did? <laughs> <laughs> Forgetting yeah. the soup Wow yeah. <laughs> Dropping then, the ball
3: Oh and then The one time We tried to have What do you call one salad? It's like more Warm salad, warm salad. What's so that it, it means you cook everything All the vegetables So it's a salad but not But yeah Right exactly <laughs> It's just vegetables Right It's <laughs> vegetables still right Well after I tried that A couple of times My dad was going like, I still prefer Like real salad And I was going Okay got that <laughs> you
0: know? Sounds to me like Maybe changing the menu Might not be a great idea though.
3: Oh, yeah. I don't know. Just uh, I'm going to try. See if I talk oh. them to it. So that's a we'll big see. adjustment. Yeah, I've got a reason to be anxious, right? <laughs> anyway. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. I don't know. If, I mean, okay. Make sure there's a soup, I guess. <laughs> so make sure there's a soup. And real salad, <laughs> not cooked salad. Okay, well, anyway, that's enough said about my family <laughs> and my in-laws and everything. So let's get to the letter. Sounds like
0: to make a movie about that. <laughs>
3: Yeah. They sound it'll like be a characters boring in movie. a sitcom No, no, it'll be a boring movie oh, okay. Anyway. okay, so I say it's time we get to letters okay. And uh, we just love so much to hear from you So jot down the address It's PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan Or you can reach us by email
0: at rti at rti.org.tw And of course you can always reach us on Facebook
3: and YouTube Check out our channels and leave us a comment Okay, we've got a letter here from Sanyo Deep uh, Writing us from, hold on a second, from India and it says, "Sir and ma'am, greetings from Calcutt. Once again, it is my pleasure to send this mail. This is my regular monthly report of your station, which I hope will be very useful to your engineering department." And so he said under comments, "Status update was one of the best listeners participation program in which a friendly bridge between the broadcast and listeners is maintained. The views expressed on the letter shows on the letter, okay, on the program shows how the different programs are." Linked light by the various listeners around the globe. I'm glad to see your faithful listeners who are picking up the program for more than 40 years and still enjoying. It is really sad to note that the number of COVID-affected patients are still increasing day by day all around the world. In India, also, we are making precautions to contain the disease by adopting various measures. In Kerala State, where I am staying, so many non-resident Indians are returning mostly from Gulf countries these days, and checkup done were thorough thoroughly thorough at airports to contain the disease, but still many of them um, have the disease. The affected patients are slowly increasing here as per medical reports, but the percentage of patients on are on the lower side. Hope, the humani- hope that uh, we will come together and fight against COVID-19 and win over it. Um, the f- best frequency in the night was 9405 kilohertz, and in the morning on 15320 kilohertz um, on different days. I listened to on all frequencies, and um, it says here still lockdown is existing in some areas in Taiwan. Well, we wouldn't say lockdown. We're, we're actually... Of, we kind of never locked down at all. We, yeah, we never did. Right. Um,
0: but I think a lot of things that were sort of restricted, for instance, where you can sit on trains, uh, precautionary measures, those are being gradually lifted.
3: Right, like wearing a mask and having your temperature taken uh, remotely uh, or, or scanning uh, at some uh, MRT stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. This was actually a question: whether we have uh, lockdowns. Oh, in well, I think we answered time. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, and then he attached a photo of himself. Well, thank you so much. That was again Senyo Deep of India.
0: We have a series of reports here from Eddie Prabowo in Jakarta, Indonesia. Uh, it says, and this is addressed to you, I think, Shirley. Nice to hear the status update segment uh, talking about a restaurant, a Hakka restaurant, and fish on the table. This was your uh, yeah. trip to the Sherman Reservoir, right? That's right. Um, that we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, it says, because my wife is of Hakka descent, so I remember that haka Kolan cuisine is dominated by tofu and vegetables.
3: Hmm.
0: I, that's, my impressions of Hakka cuisine is that it's very salty yeah, and very pickle dominated Mm. a lot of things are preserved carefully so that there's going to be you can be sure that there's enough to go around right when the seasons change but it's good it is very good um The first report is about our June 2nd broadcast on 9405 kHz, all threes in terms of SIMPO rating. The audio was noisy, wavy, and many QRM sounds from other stations, but still audible, mainly because the target area is to South Asia and South China. Um, That was, of course, he heard status update on that day about your trip to Taoyuan, and we read listener letters from Bangladesh, Japan, and Indonesia. On uh, June 5th, uh, on the same frequency, Simpo was a bit better, it looks like, 45434. Four, four. The audio was relatively clear, but sometimes wavy, and there was a little bit of noise when the signal faded. On that day, he heard Taiwan Today, a talk with Professor Huang about the national security law for Hong Kong, and there was also uh, Time Traveler songs that were banned under martial law, and Taiwan explained about protests. <laughs> then on June 7th, on the same frequency, Reception in terms of Simpo was 44333. The audio was relatively good. Audible with fading and noise. Uh, found QRM excess sounds from other stations again. That day's program featured news playlist about Taiwan's health minister, his be- beloved health minister, it says here. I think I agree with that. Chen shih yeah. becoming a trendsetter as he traveled to Tainan to promote domestic tourism. There was a chef that created solutions for roadside banquets and Taidong County welcoming the return of the East Rift Valley Land Art Festival. There was also an episode of On the Line about the Hong Kong Security Act and closing remarks and information about how to contact with Contact us and our schedule frequencies at the end. So that comes to us once again from Eddie Prabowo
3: of Indonesia. Great, thank you. And I have one here from our dear listener, Tim Braille of uh, Malaysia. And it says, "Dear friends at Radio Taiwan International, hello and greetings once again from Malaysia. As we enter the month of June, the movement control order in the country is being relaxed significantly, thus allowing interstate travel, social distance dining at restaurants, businesses are reopening, and small group congregations that uh, you know can take place wearing surgical masks, as long as they wear masks. So hopefully, the worst of COVID nineteen is behind us in Malaysia. Aside from this, a week ago, I was involved in an accident." Oh, while out walking to a shop in my neighborhood, I was struck by a car. Consequently, I fell and was apparently semi-conscious as I managed to call my niece and daughter, although I hasten to add I do not recall any of this. Meanwhile, the driver who knocked me stood by until the police and ambulance arrived to take me to hospital. Eventually, I slipped into unconsciousness. Wow. Ooh, and then four or five hours later, I was discharged from hospital and allowed to go home. That's, well, I guess
0: they don't want you lingering around when uh, there's COVID going oh, around.
3: Well, that's true. That's true. Um, from this ordeal, I received eight stitches Ooh, to my forehead geez. and eyebrow. Three dislocated fingers were reset. And multiple abrasions were sustained from head to toe. Fortunately, it was not any worse than this. Meanwhile, as I recover, I've been listening to radio, in particular BBC and Radio Taiwan International. Oh, we're glad we can help you
0: through this recovery
3: yeah, period. Yeah, really. With that, I conclude this letter and have attached several reception reports of our transmissions. He listened on June 1st, the first report it was, at 15320 kilohertz. simple simple rating was 55544, excellent signal strength, slight and occasional fading. So he listened to John, your program, Curious John, uh, in particular, uh, presenting a feature of the national history of Taiwan, in particular, its efforts to document how Taiwan dealt with the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's already out. Yeah. Um. They're yeah. They're putting together a website. Oh. Okay. Wow. That's, that's great.
0: It's kind of interesting because usually we don't think about these things till it's over. You know. Yeah.
3: That's true. And then he also heard my in the spotlight, um, highlighting Taipei Ladies, uh, a beauty and health organization for expat expat women in Taiwan. Well, actually, it's not just health and beauty. Actually, it's um everything. <laughs> just uh, helping expats get t- um get acquainted to a new country. Um, and then he also uh, tuned in on June 6th. Again, the same frequency. Simple rating was again 55544. Five, four. Slight occasional fade, otherwise, excellent reception. And uh, he heard the news read by you, John. And a uh, Town Insider. Also, uh, the, the episode where we says reasons why we protest. And then he also listened in on June 8th. Uh, same frequency and simple rating was even better 5 across the board. He heard Curious John, In the Spotlight, classic shorts by Natalie So, who explored a poetry of Tang Dynasty poet Li Bai. And then news playlist presented by Paula Chow focused on Taiwan Health Minister Chen Shizong trend-setting fashion, and also reinvented roadside banquets under COVID-19, Tainan County Highway Art Festival, and foreign fishing boats workers under quarantine and closure of an old Taiwanese newspaper. Thank you so much for your detailed report. That was, again, coming out, uh, coming to us from Tim Braille of Malaysia. And
0: we've got a letter here from Roger Tidy, who's listening to us in the UK. It says, hello again. I hope you're not getting too fed up with the downpours from the plum rain season. I think we're safely into summer at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, Here in the UK, we have just had one of the driest May's ever with record hours of sunshine. June, however, has started on a cooler and wetter note. Summer is on hold for the moment. My report this time is for your programs of June 1st, uh, namely here in Taiwan and Jukebox Republic. Under the comments, it says the topic that interested me the most in today's Here in Taiwan concerned the collaboration between Taiwanese universities and Oxford University on the search for a medicine to combat COVID-19. Let's hope that these joint ventures by Taiwan and the UK will be successful. The virus has affected our two countries very differently. Taiwan is recognized as being a leader in combating the virus and reducing its impact on its population, which is unfortunately not the case with the UK, where at the time of writing we have had nearly 40,000 fatalities. On a less urgent note, here in Taiwan also ran stories about umbrella thieves in Taiwan, the growing practice of vaping amongst young people, and a nursery in China that has turned itself into a cafe. The main feature in today's broadcast was Jukebox Republic, which which centered around Shirley's weekend break with family and friends in the Yangming Mountains. In keeping with the characteristics of the accommodation in which they stayed, the first song was called a Big House, which was followed by a number of other pop songs, including Let's Relax. The songs were well chosen, and I enjoyed listening to Shirley's chatty and engrossing narrative. As usual, your internet audio quality was excellent. Best wishes, Roger Tidy.
3: Great. Thank you so much for all your letters. And that's it for this week's Status Update. We hope to continue to hear from you, so jot down our address. is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Or write us or write us an email. You can reach us at rti at
0: rti.org.tw. Remember, guys, we've got a Facebook page and a YouTube channel, and we would love to read your comments there. So please go visit us and write us a note. That's right. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Ventriest Goodbye. Bye.